for me, John Stephen. I'm 37 and I'm a widow. <sighs> for the first few months, I was distraught. I didn't think I could live without him. So when you talk about being strong, what does this strength, what does it even mean? with the loss of someone or something you love is one of life's biggest challenges. How do you overcome it? Is it possible to heal completely from the trauma of losing a loved one? and this is The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust. In this episode, we'll be talking about grief and how to heal properly from the loss of a loved one. The pain of losing a loved one is beyond description. It brings up unanswerable questions and doubts to the mind of the bereaved. How best can those questions be answered? How best can one grief and heal completely? Grief shows up in unexpected forms and often unexpected times. It may arise from when you lose a family member, a friend, or even a beloved pet. Grief may be part of the heartache of a divorce. You may grieve over the loss of youth or failure to attain the life you aspired to live or the child you planned to someday nurture. But do you ever recover from it? Shaofumi Joan Stephen, who lost her husband six years after marriage, tells us how she grieved and healed from the pain. Where do I begin? <laughs> we had been married for six years. We had two children. Um, Mike and Jubilee, they were about um, five and three at the time. So he left that Friday to run an errand. Long story short, someone called me and told me that he had to, he, he had been an, in an accident and that I needed to show up at the hospital, which was not too far from the house. So I did. And... Um, uh, of course, maybe I expected to see, maybe he hurt his leg. You know, I had, you know, been asking them to give him the phone so I could speak to him. But they said, no, that I had to come myself. I didn't really think of anything was, anything big was amiss. So I showed up there and um, I saw my husband. Um, his, his head was like twice the original size. By the time I saw him, he was inside a kekena pet. They had bandaged his head and put an IV on his arm. He was unresponsive. He wasn't talking. You know, his face was, he looked brain damaged. I had been told that, that there was a bus moving some money and police escorting the bus. And then there were robbers to attack the bus. And he was inside a kekena pet that had four people in it. And the, the keke was caught in the crossfire between the gunshot, the gunshots between the police and the robbers. That's what I was told. I saw the other gunshot victim some, somewhere, you know, shot in the leg. Some had, you know, some were shot in the hand. That's the longest shot of it basically so how has your life been after then how have you adjusted well definitely not the same <sighs> for the first few months i was distraught um 
was distraught. I, I didn't think I could live without him. I didn't think it was possible. And then I found that I was pregnant two days later. <laughs> you know, and I didn't even know that there was baby there. I was distraught in every possible way. I was angry. I was confused. I was, I don't even know if I have the words for how I felt in this first few months. I just wanted to be in my bed all day inside the dark room. I didn't want to talk to anyone, you know. Every conversation seemed forced. I desperately wished I could have him back, you know. But at some point, I decided that, um, I decided that I wanted to move forward with life at some point. Okay, so basically, we're talking about dealing with grief now. Especially in our climb here in Nigeria, they always tell you to adjust and be a strong woman and you can overcome it. You have your kids to look after. But they forget that there's way beyond that to deal with now. How are you able to deal with that grief? How are you able to wake up every morning on the same bed and knowing that this person is longer going to be with you again? How are you able to go back to the same room that you guys lived in for the best part of your marriage. How were you able to face all that? First of all, I couldn't sleep in my bed anymore. We had to get rid of that bed. Every time I look at the side of the bed, I'm imagining him there. I slept in the living room for about six months and we had to get another bed. I wanted to move, change the environment. Changing the environment actually helps mm. you mentally. I, I, I could have, but then I would have run into trouble on the long run. I would have run into problems financially. The rent was cheaper and you know, it was just it just made sense financially. How I've been able to handle grief, it's not easy. And everybody heals differently and everybody heals at a different pace. But how I've been able to handle grief, all those things people say about, oh, you having your children, oh, you have to live for your children. Yes, it's true. But grief is deeper than that. There's the mental side of it. There's the emotional side of it. Some people don't even survive grief. They die of heartbreak. You know, you hear of people who die and their spouse dies just months after. Um, but how I've been able to move on is just by encouraging myself physically and um, by prayer and the word of God. Mm. Honestly, the word of God has been my anchor um, because grief makes you lose hope. Because when you lose spouse, you also lose the future that you plan with them. You lose the trips that you could have taken. So you lose what could be, you know. So how I've been able to handle it is the word of God giving me hope. I still have a destiny. I still have things that I need to do here. So I'm just zooming in on different parts of my life that need improvement mm. and improving. And I'm just trying to be a better person than I was yesterday. Every time I, when I wake up every day, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do today that I didn't do yesterday? How can I improve? I take it one day at a time. How can I be a better parent to my children? Can I be you know, a better content creator? I'm constantly reading and watching stuff online, you know, just trying to improve myself. You know, that in itself, getting busy, it helps. Okay, so um, let's talk about the attitude of society towards you and your children. Have you faced or been treated somehow or in a certain way you were not comfortable with because you're a widow? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, the society... It's sad that they see widows as disadvantaged people. Sometimes, even maybe categorizing widows with disabled people. Not that there's anything wrong with disabled people, but you know how our society is. Widows are seen as disadvantaged, as people that need help. And when they see you as needing help, they're not even trying to protect you. Most people are trying to take advantage of you. Most people are talking down to you. People who couldn't look you in the face before because you had a man protecting you, you know, 
in quotes, now that you don't have a man in your life, they think that you are just like a mango on the tree, ripe and up for grabs. I mean, I did a reel about how the guy that used to fix my gen was beginning to ask me out because my husband was gone. I mean, this is the guy who couldn't look me in the face before because, of course, I have a man. But now that the man is not there, he probably thinks, oh, you know, she's young, she's pretty. I can just talk to her. You know, maybe, maybe I can have my way. That's how bad society sees videos. They, they feel, they give you a lot of unsolicited advice. Mm. People just come up to you and just say all sorts of things. And people just think that when you become a widow, just stay silent. Oh, move back in with your parents. Just, you know, fade out of existence, basically, because you no longer have a man in your life. Because, of course, when girls are born, most of them are trained to become better wives, to become a good wife in the future. So in the absence of a husband, in the eyes of most people, you're not really much, yeah. except you have a man in your mm -hmm. life, um, especially in Africa. That's how it is. So when a woman becomes a widow, people just expect her to fade in the background. So, yeah, we have a, lot, a really, really long way to go when it comes to stuff like this. That was Shell Fumi Joan Stephen, a young widow telling us how her life has changed since she lost her husband. With young children in the picture, did she shield them or help them through understanding what loss and grief are? After the break, we would find out. Do stay. You are listening to The Bearing, coming to you from Daily Trust. You can listen or download this episode on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio by searching for The Bearing. You can also listen in on NAS FM in Yola, Unity FM in Joss, and Badegi FM in Yola. and impactful stories of the day. Treated inside out with in-depth analysis to give you insight into the issues that matter. The issue of injustice needs to be addressed. We are going into hell. Why are you sending your child? Why are you, are you that poor? Are you that hungry? Oh, we are not practicing any democracy in Nigeria. They don't deal with us well, well. Trust us on Nigeria Daily, a daily podcast from Daily Trust to bring to you the news behind the news. So listen in, log into our website at dailytrust.com or on bossprout.com. You can also listen in on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Follow up on Instagram and Twitter at Daily Trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. Welcome back. This is The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust. You can listen to or download this and other episodes of our podcast on Buzzsprout, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. In this episode, we are talking about dealing with grief and healing from the loss of a loved one. Before we went on break, we had a chat with Shell Fumi Joan Stephen, a young widow who told us how her life changed since the loss of her husband. To Shell, it was indeed a tough journey, especially with the fact that she had two children and an unborn child to take care of, aside the heartbreak she was experiencing. How was it like dealing with grief and making the children understand what was happening? Let us go back to Shell. Okay, now um, let's talk about um, your life thereafter, especially with the kids now. So how have you been able to explain to the kids? Do they know what is happening? Do they understand what is happening? How have you been able to answer their questions and... 
you know, take okay. care of them. Um, on the day that my husband died, my late husband and I, we never had a nanny. We always took care of the kids on our own because he didn't grow up having nannies. I did. So he didn't really like the idea. I, I was at home alone with the kids on that day, Micah and Jubilee. And they went with me to the hospital. And my son actually saw everything. He saw his daddy with the pool of his own blood. My daughter, saw, in fact, my daughter saw him and she slept off. I don't know if she fainted or something, but she just saw him. She cried. I want to meet daddy. When I wasn't letting her meet her daddy, she just fell into my arms and, you know, slept off. So the truth is that I've been honest with my kids. I, have, I haven't shielded them from grief. I haven't shielded them from the fact that their dad is gone. Um, they, 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 they mourn him in their own way. And of course, they ask questions. They ask very, very, sometimes their questions leave me speechless. Yeah. But I have been honest with them, which is very, very important for children. Children are stronger than we give them credit for. It is best to be honest with them from the beginning. Daddy is gone. He is not coming back, but he's in, he's in a better place. He's watching over us. And I know that we'll be fine. We'll be happy again. Mm -hmm. So, so far, I've been honest with them. I haven't shielded them from, from the fact that their dad is gone. Okay, um, now, finally, let's talk about dealing with griefs. What is your word out there to widows and um, widowers as well who don't know how to deal with grief, who try to move on and ignore like, and ignore that there's a pain or there's a gap somewhere? What's your word out there to them? My word out there to any widow is that it might not look like it right now, but healing is possible. Not just healing, but wholeness. Healing from grief and wholeness is possible. This grief does not define you. Becoming a widow, it does not define you. You are more than that. You are so much more than that. What I would tell any widow is tragedy does not change the plans of God for your life. When we were created, we're all created individually. None of us were created married. So even without a husband, you still have a destiny. You still have place here on earth you still have things that you need to do so you need to find what that is you need to work in your purpose and healing is possible that was shell for me joan stephen a young widow telling us how she overcame grief how can one actually deal with grief is there a guide or a rule book or even a standard practice to it i will lament with these questions and more to a psychologist and emotional coach my name is Rashira Kazimahab. I am a life transition coach, grief recovery counselor, crowdfunding specialist, and um, author and humanitarian. When it comes to grief, different strokes for different folks, and there is not one general view of how people can deal with grief when they are grieving. Okay. But, you know, we have quite a lot of researchers and psychologists in the past talk about the different stages and theories of healing. They talk about shock. They talk about denial, bargaining, depression, and all of those things. Although for so many people, the process can, may not be in the way that most of these researchers have outlined them. But we often find that people experience most of these symptoms. For instance, you lost a loved one to a tragic accident. There is most likely going to be an experience of shock. And okay. most people find themselves in denial for a couple of, you know, for some time because they cannot bring themselves to believe that the person has died, right? Mm -hmm. So you find that most often times, shock, denial, they are most often a constant. For depression, we cannot say that everyone who goes to loss or grief might end up in depression um, because the weight of pain that people feel when they are lost someone is 
actually a function of their relationship with that person and the situation surrounding the loss of that person. So if the person was very, very close to you, and perhaps the situation was very tragic, then it might actually weigh more. You know, it may, it, the pain and all of that can be more difficult for the person. Okay. But let's say perhaps the person is a very distant family relative. You really don't have any very close um, rapport with the person, so to say. Then you most likely find that the person might not experience much of denial, anger, or the trans- They might not even experience it at all, as the case may be. So let's assume in a very close kind of relationship, how can one deal with the grief and the pain, just in simple terms? With people who you are very close with, so first of all, my advice to people who are bereaved is usually allow yourself to go through it. Don't try to hurry through the process. The process might not be exactly as those the researchers and the psychologists have outlined, mm. but you most likely have your own experience or the way that your grief is, is unfolding for you. Mm. And however way that it unfolds, be it shock, be it denial, be it anger, be it depression, be it sorrow, however way that it unfolds, you need to allow yourself to go through it. Don't hurry through the process. And do not um, try to suppress the process. And in our own kind of society, we find people trying to talk you out of grief. So they tell you things like, ah, don't you trust, have faith in God, be an ingrate, all of these things. But even God knows that we are human and that we are bound to be sad and sorrowful as a result of that experience. Do not let people talk you out of it and do not hurry yourself through the process. Number two, talk about it as much as you can to the people that you trust and to people who are more like your support system. If you have someone who you find it easy to be vulnerable with, it will be good for you to talk about it. You know, talk about your loved ones, talk about the things you plans you had with them you know, talk about the things you did together, really the memories um, that you share with them and all of that. Number three, take care of yourself. It's very important. And it's very difficult. Because for most people who are being really, they, they basically forget to eat or have their back and do those daily activities. And when these things go on for too long, you might see that the pressure might start to set in. We have a case study of Sheung Fumi, where uh, she lost her husband and uh, she had to sell the mattress that her and her husband slept in. And at some point, she almost uh, moved out of the house where they stayed before when her husband was alive. Uh, was that the best way to go? She replaced the mattress. Yes. Okay. Some people find it very difficult to continue to live in that place because for some people, they start to have nightmares that, oh, the man is coming back and they are scared and all of that. And if remaining there is starting to affect her mental well-being, it's okay if she wants to detach from that place and environment. But some people, again, on the flip side, like myself, are so attached that they don't want to leave. They, they become so attached that they don't want to leave. For me, it took me years to finally decide to step away and detach. So some people become so attached, they, want, they don't want to leave. Why some people just cannot bear the fact that they have to leave there? Because mm. some people cannot use the same cutlery they used to use with their spouse or the same bowl or the same cup of water, they just cannot. And if that's the case, in the case of Sheung Fumi, um, the bereaved woman, if she feels that, you know, 
um, stepping away, detaching from that environment will help her to heal faster, then she should by all means do that, you know. That's why I told you there is no one size fits all to all of this. Why some people would be so much attached, some people might feel they need to detach, and whichever way that they choose, so far it's going to contribute to their healing journey and the process of going through the grief in a more stronger way, then it's okay. It's fine. Okay. Uh, mostly in the society, the society's perception that uh, one must always stay strong, especially for the sake of your children. Uh, what can you say about that? Oh, well, when they talk about being strong, you know, being strong is very, very relative. And um, for people, maybe perhaps somebody thinks you're not strong enough, but you're giving your all that you can give at that time. So everybody's strength, strength um, threshold is very different. So when you talk about being strong, what is this strength? What does it even mean? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you talk about being strong, there is a lot. There's so many angles to it. Is it spiritual strength? Okay, is it okay. emotional? Is it mental? Is it physical? Which one? So it you is know. much more than just the words being strong. Exactly. It is just more than just being strong. Somebody might be physically strong, but they're emotionally and mentally broken. And they just going through so much. Yes, they want to be strong, but by all means, the experience has shattered them that they're not able to just be that strong at that point in time. And it's okay because they're human. They don't have to fake being strong when they're so weak and broken. And we don't have to make them feel that they need to put out that facade. But when we see that they are weak, what we want to do is support them and empower them. Sometimes being supportive of them could be being present for them and just listening to all the ramblings that they have to say. Sometimes it is seeing the things that they need and getting it for them. Sometimes it is ensuring that they have their bath on time or that they eat, you know, nourishing meals. These are the little ways by them fruits, bring fruits to them. These are the little ways by which you can support them so they can be strong. So it's not just about be strong. It is what are you contributing to ensuring that they be strong. Finally, what's your words to the people struggling with grief on the best way to heal? Oh, well, I think my best advice would be take it one day at a time. Some days you're going to feel like everything is okay, and the next moment you can feel like you're drowning or part of the journey. And loss is one of those constants in life that we never really get used to. But one thing that I finish is that as the day goes by, like as the days go by, you will start to get used to living with the vacuum. Sometimes you continue to see the roles that this person plays in your life, and they're not here to play them. You realize there's so much love you want to give to them, but they're not here. And there's so much love you want to receive from them, and you cannot receive it because, of course, you're not physically here. Mm-hmm. But this knows that, yeah, you love them, and that is why you're grieving. Grief is actually an expression of love. If you do not love them, you would not feel the way that you feel. So grief is an expression of love, and it's okay to grieve. Take it one day at a time. Do the best that you can do. Um at every point in time and take the days as they come. Most importantly, allow yourself to see the things that still remain in your life. Because sometimes when people lost loved ones, they feel like everything is over. No, everything is not over. You can, there are still so many things you can be grateful for and there is still so much that you can live for. So allow yourself to keep living, like continue to move, even on days when you don't feel like moving at each. And that's where you, you gain your strength from. That every day, even though the grief is trying to pull you back, 
you say, no, today I'm going to take one step forward. We are the green. We will move. We shall move forward. We will take a step more forward and we will continue to move. That was Coach Bashirat Abdul Wahab speaking. Grief looks different for everyone. But the silver lining is that you aren't alone in experiencing it. This is where we draw the curtain of this episode of The Bearing. Thank you so much for listening. To everyone whose voices we heard on the show, we say a big thank you. The Bearing is a Daily Trust production and you can download this and other episodes on dailytrust.com, bossprout.com, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn Radio by searching for The Bearing. You can also listen in on NAS FM in Yola, Unity FM in Jaws and Badagi FM in Mina. Remember that it is open for sponsorship and advert placement. So if you intend to sponsor an episode of The Bearing or if you have questions or comments or even suggestions of topics you would like us to talk about, call us or send us a message via WhatsApp on 0913-893-3390. Or you could reach us via social media handles on Instagram and Twitter at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at daily trust. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Thank you for listening and bye for now.